It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Underneath the trees, we watch the sky.
fun and it's fast. <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media Network. And uh, Happy New Year. This is our first show for the beginning of the year. And uh, we have a special guest today with us, Dave Robbins, who is a really cool author and has is doing some other things as well as besides just um, publishing novels and um, you know writing and he's teaching and doing some lectures and stuff right now and also um, worked on a book with my co-host that will be with us today on. Um, We'll we'll talk about the VSX, and uh, we'll get into that as we get into talking to Dave and to Spencer Drake. Let me bring both of them into the studio. And I want to say um, that song was um, chosen by me because I feel like that's a really good way to start the new year. Um, this is the year of truth, I feel like, and uh, we're going to have a really great year. And I wanted to spend a send send a special happy belated birthday to my daughter um her birthday was yesterday so i don't know if she's listening but anyway um let me bring everybody on and i wanted to let everyone know um i personally will be back on wednesday shows um starting up in about another couple weeks wednesday shows and friday shows with spencer and then i'll be having my own guests on wednesday on my own network um red velvet media as we're on right now. So let me bring on Dave and also Spencer. Everyone's in the studio. Are you there? I, I'm yep. here. We're Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Yeah, that was, I, I like that. Excellent. That was a good, what, what was that it was called? a good song, huh? Called Nobody Dies? Called if, every, if, if Everyone Cared. It's about uh, if everyone cared. Yeah, that's a great song. That's what it's I'm a great saying. Song, you know. Yeah, yeah. I could, so, I could even, under, I could is, even uh, understand the words. And it's nickel, it's Nickelback. So yeah, um, great group. Yeah, great group. Yep. And uh, that song really means a lot to me. So I really feel like I really wanted to get that message out there to a lot of people, how to start your year off. So here we go. But anyway, on a lighter note. Um, what I wanted to say was uh, we are so happy to have Dave Robbins here today with us. And uh, for those that do not know who Dave Robbins may be, or you may be a fan of his tuning in um, and have some of his novels, why don't you introduce yourself, Dave, to our audience. And I wanted to let everyone know this show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio as a podcast. And if you'd like to call in, our number is 347-677-1036. So, Dave, go ahead. Let's let's listen to a little bit about you, and then um, Spencer and I will have some questions for you, and then we'll segue into uh, the book that you and Spencer both worked on. Sounds good. Uh, happy to do your everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My name is my name is Dave Robbins. Uh, my author's name is D. H. Robbins. Uh, there is a David Robbins writing oh, cool. books out there, but but he's written like 500 mm-hmm. cowboy books. So if you Google my name, you're going to find somebody who wrote 500 uh, westerns. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, that's my, as a D. H. Lawrence, I guess. Uh, I um, I guess I've been writing since I was what 16, uh, maybe before. Uh, I started writing because. 
my father, who wanted to be a writer and whose fa his father was a writer, forbade me to write. So as any good kid, um, I, I, it's in your genes. Writing is in your genes. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it under the right. bed sheet with a flashlight. And it's just like anything else. Um, I've written a couple of books, actually. Uh, two of them are out there now. Uh, one is called The Two-Tone DeSoto. The second one is called The Reverend. Uh, and the last one, which is coming out in May, is called The Weight of Indifference. Uh, Two Tones of Soto, they all, they're all about the 60s. Uh, Two Tones of Soto's inter, uh, sort of, um, it sort of uh, basically introduces the characters that will show up. Uh, some of them will show up in subsequent books. So I sort of put it together that way. My idea here was to write a book, write a series of books covering uh, the 1960s from the standpoint of these people. So the first book is from the two Tom DeSoto's from the Kennedy years, 1960 to 63. The second one is a murder mystery set in New York city, 1963 and four. And then the last one, which will be coming out, um, it's about a photojournalist uh, and a young photojournalist who is at Berkeley right now, taking pictures for his newspaper. And that comes from, that starts with Watts, and ends with the Mayline Massacre. So that goes from 1965 to 1968. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, I have been writing for a while. I also lecture on the 60s. Um, you know, I, I do like the 60s. And they often say that, uh, you know, if, if you can't remember the 60s, uh, you live through it. <laughs> In my case, I did remember yeah. and uh, lived through it. Uh, so, um, and uh, and so it was a it was it, it was an amazing time. Um, I sort of I also I also lecture on culture. Uh, I've been in a lot of radio shows involving culture. And That's I, the cool thing. That's the cool yeah. thing you do that I think is really really cool that you lecture on the '60s. You're a '60s um, expert. Yeah, I, <laughs> I we, we remember the '60s, don't we, Spent? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I. Uh, I um, Basically, um, I I think that there are three major upheavals in our culture. And as far as uh, mm -hmm. tectonic shifts, the first one was the 20s when women uh, got the right to vote, the suffragettes, the whole thing, the jazz age, that sort of liberated people. Um, the, 60s mm -hmm. was, the 60s was more of a uh, sort of a, a, an intellectual shift between um, what was commonplace as far as uh, passivity of parents and all that into the activity of their children in a counterculture and developed an individuality that uh, sort of, it took us maybe 10 years to really discern what that individuality was all about. And the third one we're going through mm -hmm. is right now. Uh, this is, this has got all the earmarks is probably the biggest of the three. Uh, and who knows how this is going to turn out. But I sort of, when I do my culture lectures, I sort of really, I really sort of uh, concentrate on those three times in our history. And what we're going through now is, is going to be historic, of course, but I think it's going to basically, you know, we're not going to, it's not going to will out for another couple of years till we decide what happened. Uh, but right now, um, it, it is definitely a, uh, where culture is going to change from this, I think. So, um, as far as books I'm working on now. Uh, yeah, what are you currently working on I'm, right now? I'm currently working on a book uh, loosely based on the life of my grandfather. 
Uh, he was an author. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he and he he lived in Paris in the 1920s. Uh, he was pretty well known when he That's moved. That's right. To Paris. You were telling me all about this. Oh my God. Yeah. This is so yeah. fascinating. And, and he, oh. he moved. He among all the starving artists of Montparnasse, he was the one that was supposed to show the most promise because he had made money from doing what he was doing. But he lived a couple of doors mm-hmm. down from Hemingway, and he boxed yeah. Him. Tell the Hemingway story. Tell the Hemingway story. You, you want to hear it? <laughs> okay. Tell them. Uh, yeah, tell them. This is well, so Hemingway, great. in the in the uh, First World War, he was fighting in Italy, and uh, mm-hmm. he was grazed by a bullet on the side of his head. And what had happened was it threw off his peripheral vision, but nobody really knew that. And as a lot of people know, Hemingway liked the box. And my grandfather was a uh, he was a he wasn't a semi-professional, but he was a collegiate boxer, and somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, some bartender, when they were all drunk, <laughs> told him that it, this was Hemingway's mm-hmm. weak points. Um, he challenged Hemingway to a boxing match. And during that boxing match, oh, wow. Hemingway, Hemingway uh, sort of, uh, Hemingway had lost his peripheral vision on his left side. Okay. So my, my father, my grandfather kept throwing punches to the right, letting Hemingway to believe that the guy was leading with his right when actually had a much more powerful left hand. And in the third, in the third round, uh, he walloped a roundhouse to the side of Hemingway's left side, and wow. yeah, Hemingway wow. fell down. And, and Hemingway was laughing uproariously over that, and and, and in the end, oh, uh, that's uh, funny. I think my grandfather might have got a case of cognac out of that one or something. But I, well, I've, oh, I've got to I've got to bring I got to bring in I'd something, Holly. Uh, there. Dave, David, David, What's you that? had a dog named Hemingway, right? What? You had a dog I, named I, Hemingway, I, right? I had, cat, I had a cat named Hemingway, and the other cat was named Zola. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. 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 Way oh, that's that. like, funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but, you know, my my when grandfather Dave did started hurt. telling me these stories about his grandfather the other day <laughs> when we were talking on the phone, yeah, I was yeah. blown away because he told me about Hemingway and Paris and all these different. Oh my gosh! I said, it, yeah. this this is. I said, you know, have you ever seen that movie Midnight in Paris where Hemingway is in the movie? You know, talk. You know, with uh, <laughs> it's such a great movie, one of my favorite movies. And we were talking uh, a little bit about that. But Dave, tell more stories. I want to hear this. This well, is so the, cool. Well, the difference between the grandfather and the character in my book, who is, mm-hmm. is pretty benign by, by comparison. My grandfather was a real son of a bitch. Let's put it that way. There's no other way to mm-hmm. describe him. Uh, he had about <laughs> six or eight wives. And I know I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't caught up to him yet. I've only had three wives. Really? Uh, yeah, so I'm still working <laughs> on it. Uh, but, uh, oh, but at any rate, uh, the... Uh, the idea that uh, my grandfather was kind of, he was a writer. Uh, he wrote Pulp Fiction in the States. He wanted to move to France in 1926 where all of the old Paris in 1926 where all of the so-called lost generation was. And they were sort of, you know, eking away in existence. And in my book, he meets mm-hmm. Gertrude Stein. He meets Gertrude Stein, whom he also knew. Yeah. And in my book, Gertrude and Stein she's, says, well, she's, in, she's in Midnight in Paris, too. Sorry to interrupt you, but she's in Midnight in Paris, too. Yeah. Gertrude uh, my, yeah, Stein. They're, they're all there. Scott and Zelda are in my book. And the whole yeah. Thing. And, and Picasso and, uh, and everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paris was the center. 
Yeah, it was a center, and Gertrude Stein Well, was, you have to see this movie to see what I'm talking about. Gertrude, when the guy goes back in time, he takes his novel to Gertrude Stein with Hemingway to get it, to have her look at it and read it. He's like from the now generation, and he goes back in time and gets to meet Gertrude Stein and Hemingway oh, and Picasso uh, yes. and, it's and funny. Oh, it might... Dolly, Dolly, it's yeah. great. Yeah, right after. Yeah, right after. You know, Gotta see the movie. Yeah. Uh, but in any way, Gertrude Stein was was you know the bloviator mm-hmm. of Parnas. I mean, she mm-hmm. was one of the great self promoters. Um, yeah, she wrote a number of books, but she advised a number of famous writers in her own way. And in my book, she's yeah. advising my my character uh, that he hasn't suffered enough to be a writer. He's he comes he comes in wealthy. He's written a few wow. books. Hasn't lived the life mm-hmm. of uh, so the book is about him trying to learn to suffer, and finally, when he does, he ends up in a sanatorium, and he he writes his he writes his obra, he writes his great masterpiece. Um, and the second oh, wow. book, which is a series, the second book takes place in the 1930s, and my grandfather then, um, or this character, has one of his books made into a movie, and that's Hollywood in the 30s, while his uh-huh. uh, sort of Ooh. I would say. I won't say love interest, but a really close friend of his, like a sister to him, uh, who's a lesbian, mm-hmm. has established a relationship with some a friend of hers in Austria, in Vienna. And that part about the 30s is about what happens in Berlin and Vienna in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather comes back, and he really did come back to Paris to live with an expatriate and niece uh, in the South. And he has a little. He had a little via, villa there. And um, what happened there is the Nazis occupied France, and sort of toward the end of the occupation, uh, the Nazis were able to. You know, they they came down and occupied southern France from Mussolini. Uh, and what happened was they took the expats and the Jews and they sent them all off to concentration camps. And my grandfather was one of oh, those. Oh wow. So, but in the long run, the three books about is how creativity suffers. Uh, and I think that mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a segue into a lot of discussions about creativity. And is it necessary for a creative person to really suffer in order to do his best work? Um, right. Right. And this is kind of what that explores. Um, and uh, so that that's about it for me. I uh, I have lectured on the 60s. I have a series of uh, eight lectures that I go around and with PowerPoints and stuff that I do in, in various uh, institutions around here. And uh, mm-hmm. Spencer might remember this. We're working on a book called Culture by Design or an idea yes. for it. Yes. And I, I kept all those notes. I have reams of notes oh, from great. that. So what I'm doing is now I'm, I'm putting them into form of a podcast. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. It's like a Ken Burns kind of thing. I, there's imagery in it and that type of thing with my voiceover and, uh, there's there's enough info there. I mean, we did a lot of work on that, Spence, and there's a lot in, yeah. there's a lot of in, there's a lot of info there that really sort of segment out. So I'm finally getting some use out of that. But it is all about how culture and media have affected, uh, you know, us in general, the world in general, actually. Mm-hmm. Since, uh, yeah. I, pretty- I li- listen, I'd like to cut in here uh, on on behalf of David and myself because this is something people should know. The two books that um, I got involved with David was, and with Judith were two books called Motion by Design and VFX Artistry. The first one, Motion by Design, 
Um, I brought David came in and I said, you know, he's a great writer of history and he's also the pop culture. I said, that's one one of his strong points. His other strong points, of course, he writes fiction and other things, but I thought he'd be a great writer. And he did this great writing in Motion by Design and also, besides that, did a CD authoring, which was fantastic with a timeline, very visionary. And he has that other Mm -hmm. uh, gift. He has a gift of that in tech, which is people should know. The second book, VFX Artistry, covered uh, a very popular period of special effects company profiles, and David wrote the intro to that also. And uh, I tell you, it's wonderful that uh, David's writings are, are really incredible, historical or pop culture in-depth writings. The factual writings are amazing. He does a great job on that, besides the other things that he writes. I just wanted to bring that in. So that's how we oh, yeah, up. Yeah. We teamed up yep. together, mm-hmm. but those books are very important books in, in culture, pop culture, and David uh, mm-hmm. is doing other things now. Actually, actually, this morning I yeah. was reading the visual effects artistry, uh, rereading the visual effects artistry uh, yeah. introduction that I wrote. And it looks to me like it's about 50,000 words, which, which, would have, <laughs> which could have translated into a novella if it were, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. quite, quite in depth. Uh, there are some punctuation things. I won't go into that, but uh, if I were to rewrite it again, I would punctuate it differently. But at any rate, um, you know, the Motion by Design book was really quite a wonderful experience. Um, we both had the opportunity to work with some uh, some very, very uh, well-known motion designer um, and, and Garson Yu and, right, um, right. and uh, you know, Kyle Cooper and, and a lot of the people that were really doing a lot of work back then. And this would have been, and I'm looking at it now, it's really beautifully designed. I, I must say that. It's quite, a, and it's, uh, I think Judith did a great job. Judith, Judith gets points on that. Yeah, Judith gets yeah. big points on that, yeah. But yeah. the uh, but the actual, you know, the CD was good. It was excellent. As a matter it was. I was looking at it again. And, you know, there are some, you know, early, the early days of CDs. I think, what is the date in this book? Let me see real quick. Because you know we we did a we were pretty much ahead 2006 the yeah. early days the early days of, of DVD development so there were some there were some hiccups mm-hmm. but it worked um, yeah, now hint job, David. hint hint with Netflix and Amazon coming out with a lot of this stuff I think it's it's there should be a sequel to this and right, uh, right, right. and I've seen some fantastic opening credits on on that on Netflix and Amazon and. Uh, and this time, it could the whole thing could be online and and that type of thing. So you know. Yeah, I mean, I, all, David. Also in the book, also in the book, we bring in open as you're discussing Carson you and the opening credits in film. Now nobody really touched on that, you know, and okay. and we did. So it's a very visionary book. It is. It was well done. You did a great job. You you spent a lot of hours. I know you spent a lot of time on that book, and it was mm-hmm. well done. Well done, man. Yeah, I still have boxes of research in my basement on that one. No, that's but, so that's so cool. That's yeah. so cool that you were. I love the design of the um, one with the CD on the outside. Yeah, yeah that's Judith. Is that the, a fantastic? Yeah, job I like on that. the design of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, uh, really cool. Judith, we and then love the book you. Itself. We've been talking about you now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Judith. And then hey, the book hey, itself. And then the books of themselves are really really cool. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're really, really and great. But so yeah, what were you Spence saying? And I, Spence and I go back. What were we saying is that we go back forty, 
Never mind. I don't want to tell years, everyone. Never mind. Forty years. <laughs> forty-five. Mm-hmm. Forty-five years. Yeah, really. Uh, we met right after the weekend when Nixon hopped on the helicopter and flew away. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how funny. Yeah, you know, yeah, David, I remember this. You called me up. The, I think it was the first job, a book cover job, for when you were out there in Secaucus. You says, I'm calling you up, but I don't know why, but I'm call, calling you up. And that's what started <laughs> it. It was really interesting. It was like we, we were bonded. I mean, we were, we were initially, right, David? We were like bonded together for the rest of our mm-hmm. life, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. You were back at, uh, you were doing um, Blue Note, not Blue Note, but what's that? That. Uh, Jack. Oh, ESP, ESP disk and ESP uh, disk, you know. Oh, uh, Bernard, we miss Bernard, Bernard yeah, Bernard, so much. Bernard. Yeah, yeah, Bernard Stolman, Bernard what a my great life. man. Yeah. Yeah. Bernard started yeah. my life, and mm-hmm. Holly had him on. Holly yeah. had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's a really great guy. He, we became very, very close. Yeah, he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. And his brother. So, David, your website is really good, by the way. I want to tell people your website. You should talk about your website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's give your website out, David. What's your website? (laughs) I changed the name of it, actually, because, well, uh, because of some posting problem. Uh, But the name of it is dhrobbins-author.com. And uh, it's also a little case dh robbins r-o-b-b-i-n-s hyphen author and then dot com and that should take you to it um yeah there's some um, excerpts from my books on there including the latest one okay. which is actually my favorite um and um so you get a chance to see that Plus, and can they order um, can they order off the yeah, website a, can they get your books from there question, okay yeah that's a great question um I I used to when I first published my books they were through Amazon or through something called CreateSpace. So a lot of independent publishers are are going through we're going mm-hmm. CreateSpace, which kind of is no longer exists. But anyway, uh, what happens that I didn't know at the time was that when I got an ISBN, which is the book serial number, if you will, that's what they use to keep track of right. it. Um, right. Amazon owned it, uh, and right. I didn't know that exactly. So when mm-hmm. I found that out. Um, I went to I went to a different distributor. I pulled all of the books from from uh, from CreateSpace and Kindle, and went to uh, to Ingram Spark and Spencer. They know that Ingram is a big uh, distributor of uh, novels and what have you, books to bookstores, uh, and you pay a little more for it, but you own your ISBNs. Okay, so I own the ISBNs for my three books right now. Unfortunately, if you go to Amazon.com and you order it through there, like say the two-tone DeSoto, you don't get uh, paid for it. Yeah, I don't yeah. get paid for it. Amazon gets the credit because they they still can keep it on there. And that's what sometimes mm-hmm. when you go to Amazon, you say, oh yeah, you you had a book on there for like fifteen bucks, but then you go on again, you say, oh, there's some available for sixty-four dollars. Well, <laughs> well, the, the problem is is that they do keep them on. They don't. It's it doesn't mean just because you withdraw your books. They're yeah. technically they're not technically yours, so that's why I did that. So, if you go through my site, um, I, I hope you go anywhere to get them. Hopefully, I, uh, but if you went through my site, I'd actually get you know the sure. fifteen, the fifteen yeah. cent royalty that I would get. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, no, that's cool. So I, I, and then what I'm about your speaking engagements? What about your speaking uh, engagements? 
my speaking engagements, I've got uh, actually I'm in I'm in a lull right now because I'm trying to put them together for this podcast, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm going to be calling it mo- uh, um, a culture by design, uh, oh, and great. and they're going to be like little excerpts, uh, you know. Spencer might do something on vinyl for that uh, when I when I do get I'd it love going. To. Yeah, I'd love to, David. But I but I've been taking uh, the um, excerpts that I just told you about and doing VOs, like five-minute VOs for these things. Mm, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and also taking the text from the, that I read the VO from and putting it into a magazine format on the website. So you have a choice. You can either watch it oh, or you cool. can read it. Uh, so there are three. Oh, nice. And there are three separate articles on that. And that's called Motion by Design. But it's also, I want to make it um, sort of in conjunction with uh, these um, these podcasts I want to do. And getting to mm-hmm. that, I, I think um, the one thing that we were talking earlier about the culture and how it went from from the uh, from pre-60s to 60s and post-60s, the big change was that mm-hmm. back in the, back in the uh, war and depression, people would gather around the radio, families would, and they'd listen to the mm-hmm. fireside. And the war oh, yeah, reports. everything. In the, yeah, 60s, yeah. in the 60s, along came TV. And what TV did was that they separated the family. And mm-hmm. people would sit back. Uh, you know, McLuhan would call that, you know, um, basically TV was a cold media. But anyway, you'd sit back, and that way you're sort of peripherally involved. If you're leaning forward, you are involved. In radio, you're leaning forward. And the reason I say all this is what we're doing today, I think radio is coming back. And I think it's coming back mm-hmm. in the form of podcasts. I think uh, because it's oh, podcasts are boom. Yeah. Yep. No, podcasts yeah. are huge. And radio in general. I mean, uh, it's community radio. We have a couple of AM stations I'm working with now locally, mm-hmm. which, uh, uh, I mean, FM stations that uh, that really are just, uh, they're, they're sort of short range, but they're very in-depth. And it's very, very personal stuff. It's a great way for people to express themselves. And it's also a way for people more to lean in now, to think about themselves rather than leaning back as we might, you know, Facebook sort of scattered people. And I love Facebook. I really do. I'm not on it anymore, but I love it because of my writer's group. Uh, but the idea there is that the um, social media has a tendency to, to sort of isolate people, insulate them from one another, whereas right. things like radio and podcasts sort of pulls them in. And I think that's why it's so important. Yeah. So one of the ideas I have in mind for uh, another podcast is we were, I work with a, a series of local actors around here who do voiceovers, and they just love doing it, you know, reading parts mm-hmm. and what have is to develop a mystery along the lines of the Thin Man and read Yeah, that's so cool. It like a radio show, you know, like with, you know, the coconut shells for the horcoops and the whole thing, um, and actually bring yeah, back the days of mystery theater. Um, as it was, and uh, oh, right. and so, it sort of make it sort of, uh, you know, the 1930s, New York City, mm-hmm. martinis and the kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> but it would be uh, something I, one of my little dreams to do on my bucket list. So I, I think I, uh, all David, of it, David, I wanted to, I want to come in here also. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but once you finish your thought, I just want to bring up something. He was talking okay. about podcasts, I think, and I agree. I, I totally pod- agree. Podcasts yeah. are really yeah. going. I think podcasts you know, are more. And yeah. Oh, I well, believe that, are, too. I mean, yeah. I, 
I really get into that too, and I, that's why I hooked up with Holly because the both of us really bring on these great people like you and everybody else in music, pop culture, film. Uh, authors uh, goes on, uh, but you know it's like it gets out there. And also, what's great, what Holly has is the uh, you can get back and, and and pick up these podcasts whenever you want. They're they're permanently on there. Well, they're and on that kinda, iTunes. That, that kind of ties in with uh, what I'm going to bring up about YouTube, mm-hmm. which YouTube is permanent. So I'm on there a lot with Judith on uh, several things we've done, but. Uh, this permanency thing, David, is very big in my mind, and I mm-hmm. think uh, uh, and what you're saying is really good. And I know Holly knows about this. I think, especially podcasts are getting very big right now, more expansive, right? Yeah. Well, I, and I think yeah, I think really... we're really. Go ahead, Holly. I'm Go sorry. ahead, David. No, no, no. Uh, that's think... okay. What One of the important say? things at this. Well, what I think what's happening now is I think. When the smoke clears of what's happening right now, um, and it, it and I hope that it does. Uh, when the smoke clears, I think that people are going to want to more want to more go back into that that interpersonal relationship rather than the impersonal relationships. I have a I'm in a group on and that, and that includes radio. Um, I'm in a writers group on Facebook. It's the only thing I go into Facebook for. But what makes it beautiful is that every year we have a conference where we get together and we get to see each other in person. Mm. And, in, you know, so we usually see each other on Facebook, but these people are from all over the world and we see each other in person. And it's so, um, you know, it's, 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 it's so cathartic. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much of a, you know, a catharsis. And uh, so it really gives you, it gives you more, you know, sort of intimacy. And I think that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. uh, intimacy see in the form of us really sort of um, doing some introspection on how we are. And I, I don't think TV does it. I think radio does more because mm-hmm. it actually Radio uh, definitely does. Yeah, radio definitely, definitely does, Dave, because yeah. of the fact that I've talked to so many people on the radio over the years, just different people. And so many people say that they've talked more about what their own mothers know about them on some of the radio <laughs> interviews that uh, have been done. Yeah. So oh. it's like, what's really great about uh podcast as, you know, being permanent on iTunes, there are a lot of independent podcast people that are out there that do simulcast a lot of the shows. Uh, yeah. You know, they'll, oh, yeah. they'll do that. So that's another really good thing. And quality is really important. And you have to make sure, you know, and, and you know, just for myself, because I run the studio and, and, and everything that is the content and everything in it is, you know, you have to be able to own your own content. And that's what I personally kind of drew away from Facebook on. But mm-hmm. um, we don't want to go there into the Facebook realm but, you know, um, it's just that it's really important that, you know, as you know, as a writer and as Spencer knows, as an artist and a creator, to own your own content and to be able to, you know, protect yeah. that. So yes, with yeah, the podcast, right, right. it's really important because a lot of people will take them and they will cut them up 
and they'll add their own stuff into it. I ran into that with a couple different podcasts that have gone out there. Yeah, and um, on iTunes for our shows, we do not charge, but there are some stations that do charge for our podcast. So um, I've had to get people involved in that. But, you know, I want to go back to, you know, the whole thing with you and your books and um again on your website and everything that uh-huh. that you have where you have everything up there um when are you going to be doing your next do you have any events currently scheduled so we could give those dates out to everyone before we end the show yeah a lot of my stuff is is local i have two readings scheduled okay and okay. you know, these are big. These are really big time, Spence. I'll tell you about these readings. Good, one, good. One, one's at the North Granby Library. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And the other, and the other one's at a, uh, a, a, a or at a, um, a sort of what we call a storyteller's. It's a place where writers meet, and I'll be doing a reading there. And oh, then great. that's gonna that's gonna be my last in a series of readings for Two Tones. And when is that? Do we have dates? Um, we have dates on that? Yeah. Well, the next, yeah, uh, I mean, they're, again, they're local, but then, uh, whew, good question. Oh, yeah, the library is going to be on the 22nd at, uh, okay. six, at night, 6 at night. Okay. Because yeah. we're global. If people listen globally, and you wouldn't believe how many people do go to events for people that we do right. have on the radio. So what's your other the event? Second one, the second one's in Simsbury, Connecticut at the Storyteller's Cottage. Which is, uh, nice. you know, it's kind of a new place where Simsbury is mm-hmm. becoming a, a writer's. I mean, it's becoming more creative. So they have author readings there, and that's going to be on the twenty sixth. And uh, oh, great! On Sunday the twenty sixth, and that'll be a little bit uh, uh, earlier. That's one to two in the in the afternoon. So yeah, that'll be it'll be fun. But then after that, I'm going to re-release my next book, The Reverend. Uh, okay. And that's the one. Of, about the cross-dressing priests that has gotten pretty good reviews so far. Uh, and when are you? When is that going to be coming out? I, I'm, I'm expecting. I'm going to try for April on that one. April or May. Okay. I'll, I'll keep you all posted. Uh, but what I'm going to be doing is is doing uh, you know the book rounds on that, and then I guess finally on that last one it's going to be maybe June. I'll come out with the weight of indifference. And um, so yeah, that's really the. The, the the blitz, if you want to call it a media blitz, for my first book. No, that's is, great. That's uh, really that's important cool. to know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so for the uh, website. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for the website, there's excerpts from all all three on there. Oh, great! Um, Fantastic. I, yeah. David, David, I got to bring in something. I want to bring in another part of your life that we haven't even touched on, which. Um, which I think is really, uh, really important. And you are a good photographer. You have done, you've traveled. I've seen so many photographs you've taken through my, through those 40 years we've been together. And I got to tell you, some of those, I've always told you this, some of those photographs are amazing. Why don't you talk a little about your photography because you've traveled so many places and you've taken some, like the, uh, what is it, down south you were, David? You shot those houses in color that were beautiful, right? Yeah. Uh, and well, and you found that. Yeah. That's kind of a, a labor of love, I think. I, I'm a graduate of RIT, uh, you know, the, the class of 1909, uh, and uh, and I, I majored in photography there. And uh, it's 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 
So I found out as soon as I tried to get out of school and get a career that photography doesn't pay any money. So I went into publishing, which I found out actually pays less, but you don't have to buy as much equipment. Uh, but at any rate, uh, yeah, I have my background in photography. And uh, I did, uh, I have been, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I remember those, those fondly remember those days when I work in a dark room with actually, you know, developing and developing. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about your dark rooms. Yeah. yeah. I really, I really miss it. Fortunately, photography today, the, the equipment we have today is so much better. So now everything's just done in Photoshop. But yeah, um, the thing down south that spent, that he was Spencer talking about was uh, about five years after Katrina hit in, uh, in, um, in, oh, in, with, the, with the houses in Louisiana? Yeah, and houses have been done. Okay. And so what I did is... I you went down there and na- you shot some pictures? Yeah. Yeah, around the various neighborhoods. and took pictures of these houses where nothing had been done five years later. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was called a Katrina Plus Five. Uh, and it basically it just showed that, you know, how little... Res- you know, w- there was a big media blitz about how the responses were, but there really wasn't that much in... Uh, you know, people are still living in those those trailers with the asbestos and that whole thing. Yeah, took, absolutely. I took pictures of I that. I went down to Katrina uh-huh. when that happened. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I did. Absolutely. And the other one's funny. Yeah, when yeah. you're done, I want to tell you something funny no, about that. But you were telling me about your other pictures. No, I was going to say that when I went down there for Katrina, I have a friend of mine who's an artist who um, will be coming on the show soon who what he did was for all the people that did lose their homes in Katrina, um, Mm -hmm. he somehow salvaged the doors and the doors to the homes and he painted them and he painted pictures on them. And there was a lot of love and a lot of intention put into the pieces. And what he did was he did a whole, uh, you know, show on the doors from all these homes, and then he gifted the doors to the people who lost their houses uh-huh. because it really told their story in the in the doors that he painted. Yeah. So wow, yeah, wow. so That's that was really cool. That's really cool. But your pictures are they are they published anywhere, or do you have them on your website under a photo album or anything like that? Well, that we can see. Spencer Spencer said pushing. No, I've been uh, pushing. No. We need to do oh, that. Yeah. yeah. I, but one, he, but he goes beyond that, Holly. Uh, Holly, yep. he goes beyond that. He's taken, he's taken pictures of the planes, right, David? You've taken pictures mm-hmm. of, of cars, even parts of car, well, right, car photographs. Yeah, I did a series. Oh, of, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Series of uh, a car, the design of the car. Oh, you know, beautiful. Uh, old, 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 mm-hmm. old cars, not as you know, pictures of old Pierce arrows and stuff like that. No, these are more the details mm-hmm. in the car. And I sort of put them together as design elements. That that series How of cool. photographs is that, that is on my site. And the other thing oh, I did nice. was, uh, what you know, I took a long trip out west, and I took a lot of shots going out west, and you know the plains and all of that uh, out west. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was um, taking you know I, taking pictures hmm? are awesome and amazing well i've been and, I, holly you know, i was pushing i've been pushing david to have his photographs into uh, stock agencies yeah you should really you should do they, that if you see his photographs holly they're like they're meant to be mm-hmm. uh they're they're meant to be in like mm-hmm. stock agencies and 
you know, de- but you know, I hope David gets it together. I really do. Okay, okay. it's out there now. <laughs> I, no, 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 Dave. I think I think you should do that because I myself, as Spencer knows, loves to take pictures, and well, I, Holly takes good you know, pictures, put a so. lot of my pictures. Holly takes good pictures. Unbelievable, oh, yeah. and you know, you said something earlier about how you know today's pictures are all tweaked and this and that. Yes, yeah, some are, but honestly, we've had. So many great photographers and new and, 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 and new interviews that are coming up of photographers that have taken raw right. images and there's always a story behind them and they're untouched. And, oh, yeah. you know, honestly, uh, you got to know that there are, so, there's, there's purity out there and, there um, I agree with you. you know, no, a lot I, I capturing the beauty I, of something. Oh yeah. No, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't touch my stuff in Photoshop. Uh, there are five yeah. photographers, and God bless them. They are going back, and maybe have mm-hmm. never left uh, how it used to be. You know, with if you can yeah. find it anymore. And uh, basically, celluloid film. You have and, to have the right eye for it. Yeah, yep. yeah. You have to and have the really, photo's that's eye. It, that's what. Uh, mm-hmm. what I got. Uh, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. I got a lot of stories, but this one, I was on the subway, maybe a couple of months ago, and I see this kid with uh, David. You remember the Rolex? The Rolex camera. And he's got he's got this Rolex camera around his neck. This is the old Rolex. You know, you flip up the top and you take portraits of. And he's really into this, uh, the, not the digital. He's into the traditional photography. And it really moved me. It really yeah. moved me because a lot of people mm-hmm. do that. They're really into the old traditional. And, and a lot of people don't like digital, believe it or not. And there's a lot of digital out there. And, you know, you have to evolve with that. But there right. are people, as you know, David, you know this. They're into traditional. Yeah. They're going back. Oh, I've fact, got I've gotten some of my best pictures on regular, just non digitalized yeah, cameras. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah some to, of my best put, images, mm-hmm. especially landscape. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. I've got slides now that are about thirty or forty years old, and I'm sort of you know I, I run them in order to get them on the computer. I have to run them through digital, but uh, they mm-hmm. still have you know that you had to think when you were taking pictures if you were only limited to you know thirty six shots on a roll, you really had to think mm-hmm. about every time shooting something because film is expensive uh, nowadays. Right. You get right. thousands. So, well, you know, you know this much. That's funny. Yeah. Film was expensive. I know, wasn't it, yeah. Dave? Oh, I yeah. mean, really, seriously, we had um, or I had. Did you ever hear of Al Soderwhite? I had Al Soderwhite on, and he yeah, was the one that worked with Kodachrome, with yeah, Kodak. Yeah. I had Al on, and uh, three or four of his books that he did, and his, you know, he's done some pretty fun, fun books. And his last book was on race cars, and mm. um, all shot black and white, all shot just on regular Kodachrome film, and just you know whatever. And it's just so interesting to see what comes out of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You never know. I, I yeah, think, you see I, I, things. Let me bring up something. I think a problem uh, which I deal with a lot of photographers uh, in my life uh, is that some of them, they're great traditionally, right? They they see that. They, they work on a traditional level. Uh, David, you know, Holly, you know that. But what they do is they've got so wrapped up with digital, it screwed them up. I mean, absolutely screw them up. So what they do is... They actually ruin their photographs. They actually get into this, oh, yeah. try to to make things with their with their traditional photographs, and it, it doesn't come off. You know what I mean? And that's the bad thing about it. Is like 
there's a part of it where these photographers try to get into another area that they shouldn't get into. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's if sort of you like have something good, don't change it. That's <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's sort of like the big difference between, you know, back in the old days of celluloid film, okay? You know, Gone with the Wind mm-hmm. and, and, right, and right. that kind of stuff. And TV, which is crisp and, you know, it looks artificial. It's so crisp. Mm-hmm. And this is what was happening in photography back then when this changeover was happening. And so Photoshop yeah. came out with these filters that you could use in Photoshop to make them look like old, you know, like they were shot on film. They, I, to me, they don't work. Mm-hmm. So, film, and that's all there is to it. But, uh, you know, I really think there's there's a purity to shooting on film than there is, you know, shooting oh, digitally yeah. now. I, I've got a uh, great story. i got to tell you a great story, a really great story. So, you know, I'm I'm following film a lot. We review film, Holly and I. We interview film. I go to the film festival. But there's a great film story. i got a lot of them. But this one's really interesting. Barry Lyndon was shot, you know, um, Kubrick. And what Kubrick did was, and it brings, it's relative to what we're talking about. So what he he did was he wanted to have the constable-looking painting look and everything. So he goes to the warehouse that has the cameras, right? And he doesn't choose the new cameras, right? And he tells the guy on the phone, he says, I want to have the old Mitchell cameras. If you remember, Uh Mitchell was an old. So the guy says, you're crazy. What the hell do you want these cameras for? Well, you know what he did for the movie? He used the old Mitchell. He just Mm -hmm. changed the lens on it. It's like taking an average camera and putting a Leica lens oh, on it. Oh, so he took it apart. And, and, and yeah, that's what he did. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I was telling a director about this yesterday on the phone, and he just he didn't know mm-hmm. that. He said, wow, what a great story. It, but it's like what we're talking about. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like, it's like the old traditional thing of being used in some way, you know, still not being only, used. Not, not only that, in Barry Lyndon, uh, I heard that a lot, uh, many of the indoor scenes were shot by candlelight. He's right. a very, he's a very fast right. film, and uh, basically right. he wanted to preserve that, too. He didn't want any Klieg lights on there or anything like that. So they were shot, really, by candlelight or, you know, what do you yeah, call Yeah, exactly. You're right. Whatever. Absolutely right. That kind of really yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. it does is I that am... really that really models the forms of the muscles. Right, and true. Else, and it very gives true. it so much more very depth. True. Yeah. Great. That's really great. I, yeah, am, great I am known... I am known, Dave, and for riding down the street because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'm very isolated in the area that I'm at, and there's so much beautiful scenery here. And I will see a sunset or or a tree that has a leaf or something. Just it'll catch the corner of my eye. It's like you have to have that photo photo eye, and it's like I'll pull over and I go quick, quick, quick. I have to get over to the side. The light's going to change every any minute, any second. I've got to get that yeah. picture. You take, you that know? picture. take that I picture. Take that picture. It's, it's, it's like hard. I've got to do it. And well, you know what? you bring um, up a good point. Yeah, Holly, you bring up a good point because they always tell you to carry a camera with you. Any photographer would say Oh, that. I do. Carry Everywhere the camera with you. You do that. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I go whenever on, I can, I take I pictures, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And when I go on walks, because I've been going on these walks a lot lately, and um, I go and I take my phone, my phone with me, or a camera, and I put it in my pocket, and I just am, yeah. I just am sitting there. People must think, oh my God, what does she see in that rosemary tree? And it's like, you know, 
it's just yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's the fabric or the way it's deck the way that its uh, texture is or something like that that catches my eye. And then it comes well, out to I, really I got to cool tell photo. you, I'm judging a film festival in New York now. You know, a short film festival, mm-hmm. Judith and I. And you know what I'm noticing, Holly? Uh, I know the two entries were by Instagram. We're just Instagram. Yeah, they were. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, in one of the yeah. film festivals that I'm working with too, they're all iPhone. Um, Photo, right. iPhone movies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So movies well, that have it, been shot on iPhones or whatever. It's crazy. And you try to probably, tell these people. Yeah. Pardon you me? probably remember Marie Cassindas. Uh, when Polaroid was first coming out, she was she was one of the photographers that was uh, given mm-hmm. Polaroid and say, here, you know, take these pictures. This was what, back in the 50s or late 50s. And wow. the most. Polaroid film captures things the way, or the old Polaroid film captures mm-hmm. things the way nothing else could. And she was able to really, really bring that out. Now, you're talking about walking and seeing things. You see things so much more yep. up close. You see things differently when you're walking because you can stop, you know, and see. It's like the difference between if you're riding in a car and photography. It's it's like a difference between film and photography. In a film, you get 124th of a second and, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Photography is one image that you stand and you can look at close. And Holly was mentioning to me today, the other day, uh, Spence, that, you know, I think yeah. you still, we, we, at least she had one. I don't know if you still have one or not. We share a love for riding horses. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Even when you're on horseback, other than riding, uh, walking, mm-hmm. it looks different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's nothing like it. So really what it is is it's, puts you in this alpha state of mind where you're looking yeah. at things differently. Um, and Kubrick had that gift and Cassindus had that gift. And uh, uh, certainly, you know, uh, Orson Welles had that gift. So, you want to hear, I got to tell you a great story. The, uh, the movie, the Irishman, Holly, you know about the movie. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I was reading a filmmaker, filmmaker magazine is one of the greatest magazines ever. They have articles by uh, interviewing cinematographers. Every, I, I, I subscribe to it. And, uh, uh, what I'm bringing up is in The Irishman, this is a really incredible story. That's, it's that's divided into different right. decades. And what the cinematographer did, now you're going to, nobody knows this. It was written in the article. He took the film that was popular of that decade and used it for the f- film of that decade to shoot. Mm-hmm. So Ectochrome was mm-hmm. one, Kodachrome was another. You know what I'm saying? That was really interesting, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. That's the Netflix one, Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that covers. Uh, that's that on Netflix, a, yeah. Yeah. I, I got no. suckered into watching it, and I did watch yeah. it, and I really thought the cinematography <laughs> was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the set been, design. Yeah. I've been so busy Pardon these me? last three. I've been so busy these you last three. You haven't had nights, time. Cause I'm, I know. But this weekend, I plan on checking out. The, I'm going to do that rental you thing. You have to. You have to. All right. I, I have Especially to, I have Netflix. Yeah, well, especially the Netflix channel. because Netflix have so many movies oh, yeah. that are just being written for them. And oh, yeah. um, I have yeah, no, a friend not... who she's writing just for Netflix. She's yeah. doing Netflix movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's just doing oh, I just love for Netflix. them because they're but, doing it. Yeah. But you were talking about the Disney Channel and having this Mandalorian thing, which I'm yeah. Interested. 
Oh, this Mandalorian. Weekend, I mean, we were talking yeah. about Mando and Star Wars and all that. Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe what Dave and I talked about the other day. It was great. Did you, Dave, did you sign up? I, I'm going to this weekend because I said I, I didn't have a lot of – I usually watch okay. at night. And getting Disney to that. Plus. Yeah. yeah. I, getting, we have five minutes. So getting to that, I, I, I just want to say, you know, inspiration for writers. And I love talking about this. And I love talking it about is. this. At, at length, but money writers get inspiration from reading other writers, of course, and we all should. But my inspiration actually comes from plot developments in serial TV shows, like what you see on Netflix, and to yeah. see how in, an hour, how in an hour the character reaches uh, some sort of point of decision in the middle and how he handles it in the end, very much like the structure of a, a good structure of a novel. And I'm able to write a lot more succinctly if I think in those terms. Rather mm-hmm. than saying, oh, this is the way, and I'll, um, somebody did it in a novel, and, you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I have a tendency to write longer. But when I see something on TV and I, and I, and I sort of cast a, a, you know, set up a scene in a book, it flows a lot smoother. It's much more succinct, uh, I think. If, if, and that's just the way I work. Different writers work differently. Absolutely. So I agree. I, I agree. One of the things There's a lot of things that inspire. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut about, you off. I, that's okay. One of the things I talk about on my interviews is also the artistic process, not so much about my mm-hmm. books, authors, even beginning authors is what do you, you know, how do you write? What, what inspires you to write? What keeps you writing? How often, how many words a day do you write? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of uh, writer's block. How do you handle that? So I've established a few groups. Those are important questions. Yeah. yeah. Those are really important questions. We normally house. cover that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I uh, right now I'm my cause right now is to uh, is to advance the independent writer, and I'm doing that through you know, hopefully becoming a publisher myself and and getting their books out there because there's so many there's so much unrealized talent here that don't fit the template for getting published, uh, but yet their work is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the kind of thing I want to – I think there should be a, a greater awareness of the independent author. And the independent author mm-hmm. is like and a movie maker. I mean, they could do some fantastic things. So that's it. That's my two cents about, you know, my oh, – my no. race, I think my that's – Oh, no. I think – That's really writer. good. Really good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very it's, cool. It's really cool to hear a writer – and also, you are helping with independent writers. It's it's good to hear what your take is on it and what inspires yeah. you yeah. and what helps you create in your head what you're going to do next and all the different things. And it's really important that people know that there's just so many different facets to making a movie, writing a book, making oh, um, a photo. It's like I any mean, it's like any creative process. My beginning students in my class, I, I open mm-hmm. the class up, I'm not gonna teach you how to write. I'm gonna teach you confidence. And it's so much of a co- mm-hmm. confidence That's true. there. That's and true. so anyway, my clock says five fifty eight. So I'm gonna let you guys finish up on whatever. Oh you yeah, need no, to. what I was gonna say was I extended it a few moments longer. Um I wanted to give you a chance to really talk and I'm sorry about all the little cutoffs here. We have a little delay today in the radio again for some reason. And I wanted to thank Spencer for being here today, too, and uh, bringing you on to the show. 
um, to talk to us about your books and and then the books that you've done with Spencer. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know what work we have coming up this for the new for this whole year. We've got a plethora of different types of things and everything from music movies to books to film to yeah. oh, Authors, man. Um, music everything yeah. um, and then I'm starting up my shows on Wednesdays again and um, I'm going to be um, covering a lot of film some spiritual some spirituality which I really like to get into because I really like to get into what really is going on in the world with different mm-hmm. things besides just, you know, the music. And then also some independent music people that are starting out, giving them a chance to give them a platform to be able to get their music out there, just like you're working with your independent writers. Yeah. And then some seasoned people. And then food. We're going to get into food this year. And I know that to segue into That's what a... Spencer went to before we end our show. Uh, Spencer, you have a few a moments to make it sure. I, 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 I got a food show together for, it's really for Holly. I'm going to sit back and relax on this one. But You? This, yeah, but, but listen, the, we got a, a chef, uh, a very famous chef is going to be on. And mm-hmm. she teaches, uh, uh, she was, she used to cook in a very famous restaurant in New York. Anyway, She's going to be on the show with my friend Michael Zofalo, who does a travel news thing and also incorporates food. And and actually, it's with Holly, and uh, I thought it would be good for and Holly. And he's going to sit back and let me pick their brains. Because Holly, like today, I, call, I speak to David, I call up Holly today, <laughs> and she immediately goes bonkers yeah. on food. And I'm not, I haven't eaten yet. I haven't eaten yet, right? And she brings in, like, I don't know, baked orange cake, oh, which is unbelievable. Did you go and get the chicken curry like I told you to get? Yes, I did. It's delicious. It's oh, delicious. Isn't it unbelievable? It is. It You're right. Right on. Right on. It has so if I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, Holly, I've got to cut mm. in here because what happens is I'll make an egg salad sandwich or something. If I talk oh, to God. Holly, if I talk to Holly it becomes this ten times better sandwich. You know what I'm saying? And she just Arugula is uh, and trying to get into a cookbook. She's going to do a cookbook, ladies and gentlemen. She's going to do a cookbook. She's that good. Oh, right? God, Holly. Holly, God, God love you. Spencer offers you a recipe. Don't take it. No, listen. I oh, love God. to cook. And, you know, um, I did it one time. I still have a page on Facebook called Cooking on FB. And... Mm-hmm. At one time, it was called Cooking on Facebook, but then Facebook got all pissed off and um, didn't like that I had a lot of people giving me recipes and coming on there and getting things because they had a lot of other people. So I had to change it to Cooking on FB. I had a website. And everybody knows what that is. It's still there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's still there. But you know what? My book is going to be about. It's going to be so. It's going to be different. Um, you know, and I've grown up. I have so many old cookbooks and and lots and lots and lots of cookbooks from over the years. I mean, I have some from like the twenties. I swear, um, in the thirties, and they're wow, bare, and, and they're so the really and, old ones. Have, and they and they're really so good. trippy because. What yeah. they call for ingredients, it's like now. It's like because some of my friends like 
What? Do one, what? Do one just on the 20. I'm going they, to. Uh, <laughs> You're going to laugh. What did oh they eat God, on the Titanic? You know, I mean, Crisco. really. Go for it. Go for it. All this crap, you know. And I'm thinking yeah, about my friend. I'm thinking about my friend Bonnie Hari, the food babe, right? And she, I, I, I know she like die if she saw any of these books, right? Oh, and God. I'm like thinking to myself, geez, oh, piso, right? Like on these mm. books. But you know, cooking for me because I'm in Sonoma, and there are so many chefs here, and we have the wine industry, and I'm part of the Vintners Association. There's so many people, and I know so many people that own restaurants and chefs that do pop-ups. Like tonight there's a pop-up. And pop-ups, I know you have them in New York, um, but a lot of chefs, what they'll do is they'll come into town and they'll say, hey, I'm going to do a pop-up at this obscure location, and it's sold out. It's like they're going to do chicken sandwiches maybe or something special or with arugula or something like aioli or something. And and you go there, and so tonight there's going to be a pop-up somewhere for somebody, and there's a ramen pop-up in another part of town, and it's mm. like food trucks are now huh. the new thing, which I right. knew was going to be the thing. Um, in fact, I did a couple shows on food truck, um, the great food truck race across America with a food network a couple, oh yeah. gosh, about remember, four years I remember, ago. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and my friend from Raging Cajun who has Raging has Cajun food and I did a Cajun festival with him in Hermosa Beach and in, in Southern California he came in first place on that race and oh, um, it was very That's interesting wonderful. you got to see how they run these trucks you know and and it's interesting because it's not just street food anymore it's really good food it's yeah. It's like you you can get some really good food off these trucks, and, yeah. and um, you've got like fifteen minutes to prepare it and stuff. I, it's I know, I know. It's, it's a blast. Hey, listen, but, Holly, yeah, I want to bring up. I want to. I bring up. I want to bring up something on on, on on just adding before mm-hmm. we leave. Um, that I want to tell people that uh, you know Judith and I are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame vinyl collection. We're honored. They asked us to be mm-hmm. in it. We're the only music designers with a link. But updating. We just got um, we just got more covers in on our collection. Now it's complete. It's actually oh, cool. completed, which yeah. is very good. And mm-hmm. then I, I plan to do an art of vinyl cover show that w- Judith and I curated, which will be up on YouTube in February. A uh, hundred covers, and then I'm planning to do mm-hmm. a very big vinyl expansive show in New York with five other people involved. Uh, that's going on right now. And that's, uh, I just want to bring people up to date with my life and what we're Is that going to be classic oh, vinyl? Well, it's going to be, yeah, it's vinyl. Classic cover. It's actually, it covers, there's no, there's no time period. So it's like right. old and new. A lot of indie, okay. and a lot of covers, by the way, David, no one's ever seen. They're like, they're limited edition Beatles printed in England, a uh, short run, not bootleg, by the way. These were printed covers that I have in my collection. And mm-hmm. it's incredible. Or oh, the Beatles sleeve uh, printed in Denmark, which no one ever <laughs> saw. You know, so that's that makes it really good. And I got a soundtrack in the background with live, uh, like a, a live concert. So it makes it come alive. And I've got a voiceover in the beginning by a great guy named Zach Martin who did radio interviews mm-hmm. with us, a three uh, part series with us. That's and Patrick's on. doing this with you, right, Patrick? Patrick's, yeah, Patrick's Patrick. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Patrick is coordinating 
the, the this gallery show, and he's also involved with our mm-hmm. big vinyl show we want to do uh, later. Yes, Patrick Bombark, who's been on our show, he's a very gifted right. musician. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, this yeah. this is the year um, of film, Dave. I'm telling you. Besides all the stuff that he's doing and the things that I'm getting involved in and and yourself. I mean, I think this is going to be a really creative year for so many people. And we have so many great, great films that are going to be, we're going to be having on the show. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm personally working on with a few different filmmakers right now in the area with Sonoma and also with some uh, other European um, filmmakers that are doing some documentaries and some different things on, you know, Sonoma and then also San Francisco, the culture and stuff Uh like that. So this is a good year for so much stuff that's coming up and I'm really excited about it. Again. Yeah. And I I think it's also reflective of a lot of the culture that's going on Mm -hmm. again, becoming more introspective indie films and indie writers are, are doing some great things. Uh, So, yeah, I I honestly Mm -hmm. think it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting time we've got coming up. Uh, it is. It is. It's it going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to thank you so much for being here today, Dave. And well, I wanted you. to ask you if there's anything you'd like to tell our listeners before we end the show. Not really. Um, just happy new year. And, and uh, you know, I hope that I have a chance to talk a little bit more. Maybe on one of your other shows about culture and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, just want to say, Spence, Happy New Year. You <laughs> too, way, David. You too, and, David. Uh, and to Judith, so, uh, and love to Judith, and I will, uh, and to you. So yeah, everybody, let's 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 make it work this year, huh? It's gonna be a big year. And for the all message of us. to the independent writer out there: What do you want to say, Dave? Uh, don't give up. Yes. Don't give up. Don't, Don't do follow it. your lack of confidence. Follow what's in your heart. Well, I've got it. a, I've got a, I've got a great song to end the show with. So oh, you'll right. love it. So we're okay. gonna go there, and uh, we'll be back next Friday. And uh, I will be starting up my shows, and we'll be announcing it. I'll be announcing it and stuff like that. But we're on Instagram and on Facebook, and. Uh, also on Twitter, yeah, we're a little bit everywhere. We're all over the place. Yeah. But um, and Spencer, um, thank you again for being here today, and uh, also to you, Dave, for being here. Thanks, Holly. It's really important Appreciate that. It. Yeah, and I hope that yeah, I'd love to have you back, and we can talk like we talked about maybe you coming back and us talking a little bit more about what you're going to be doing as far as your independent radio shows and stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd love well, to do I get that. Them going. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. well, thank you so much. Where you guys I go? Enjoyed. I'll it's see you. Friday. See you, David. Uh, David, I'll see you. Call me, Spence. It's Friday, guys. Please don't, please don't drink and drive. I always have to tell everyone that. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Friday. Here you guys go. And happy, happy, happy new decade. Happy Here you guys new go. Decade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.